Um, it's actually this is uh, this probably is the Stardew Valley version of the Macarena. Wait, what? Because the Macarena is actually about uh, shagging some dude's wife who's away in the fucking army. What? Yeah. Don't you tell me about my boyfriend, the one that names Macarena. I don't. They want played him. that Can't song in my him. primary school. Yeah, exactly. So to sorry. children. Brief t- brief tangent again, but yeah, oh the, uh, the Macarena is about some dude shagging some other dude's wife while he's away in the army. No, it's, it's a boyfriend situation. She's got this boyfriend who's fucked off for a bit, and so it, she's it, gone for his best friend. <laughs> You're like, oh, all right. So not a husband, but still. No, we, we need to solve this. I'm, I'm looking up the lyrics. Yeah, Mac- Macarena, English translation. Well, they did an English version anyway. Oh, did they? Yeah. Macarena has a boyfriend, boyfriend. and while he's taking his oath as a conscript, she was giving it to two friends, A. Yeah. Oh. Fucking hell. (laughs) Macarena dreams of the English tailor and buys the latest models that she would like living in New York and seduce a boyfriend, A. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically, while this guy's doing his civic duty for the good of his country, she's sleeping about. She's... She's she has two guys, well, two friends on the side. Yeah, they played this in my primary school <laughs> to children. They That's played the school. English version, which was a lot more innocent. Well, yeah, it would have to be. You hope so. <laughs> Jesus, the Macarena was not what I expected. No, absolutely. Barbie Girl wasn't exactly the most wholesome thing either. Well, no. It, Barbie's yeah, it, dark though. It, it it definitely wasn't. It was just like the the happy sort of melody. God, it's just all it's made just ninety it for... songs all over, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Made it made it good for uh, you know for kids to dance to. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that an invitation? Uh, probably. Fair enough. Stardew Valley, I guess, my dude. Yeah, so, okay. I have kept my promise this time. You'll be shocked to hear. I have been playing it during the times that I've not been editing the show and reading uh, for this episode. And, uh, it's yeah, it's alright. I've done some fishing, cut some trees down. I met a wizard wearing a cowboy hat most recently. Yes. And okay, so I I don't know many wizards. Do wizards normally wear cowboy? Ha- okay, we're gonna go back on Harry Potter. So <laughs> no, <laughs> time for a Harry Potter hot take. Oh, it would have been a better film if at least one of the teachers was Texan. Oh, oh for God's sake! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this is gonna be addressed. What What if Dumbledore was Texan? So instead of um, instead of defense against the dark arts, you uh, you learn how to rustle cattle and cook with. Beans. What if Hagrid was Texan? <laughs> Kicks down the door in that lighthouse, wherever that first bit in the first book was. He goes, "Howdy, Mister Potter. You you there? You, uh, how, y'all are wizards, Harry. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to say you're a wizard, Harry, in Texan." So, um, if, if any Texans are listening, <laughs> right? Well, in. well, shoot, ain't you just got magic flowing through your veins? <laughs> yeah, instead of a motorbike, he's he's got a horse. He's constantly chewing um, tobacco. 
fucking jingles and... when he walks because of the spurs. Instead of the umbrella oh wand, God. he's got a gun. It, yeah. <laughs> Tex and, Tex and Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm getting from Stardew Valley. More wizards need to be Texans. Well, it's, I ain't never mastered this magic lock, but I got my good old friend Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson right here. Spell the armus, y'all. Apologies for everyone in Texas. No. <laughs> Um, this is gold. Imagine Hogwarts, could, the the common room where all they have dinner every day. It could have like a saloon door, and uh, there's a <laughs> house the elf playing like honky tonk piano. Yeah. <laughs> or whenever Harry walks in, it silence. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> Get back off Harry Potter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, for listeners, we just spent 15 minutes ranting about Fantastic Beasts that probably won't make it into the show. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about Texan Dumbledore now. <laughs> um, Hang on, let me find a Dumbledore quote. Would, would you like to leave the chat so you can calm down and come back? No. <laughs> In the um, the naming tradition of uh, the uh, episodic nature of Harry Potter books and films, this will be um, this will be the shipping forecast and the struggle to stay on topic. <laughs> oh. Okay, right. I've, oh, I've yeah. just typed in Dumbledore quotes. No. Happiness can it. be found even in the darkest of times, where one only remembers to turn on the light. <laughs> Words, in my not so humble opinion, are our most inexhaustible sources of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. Yeehaw. <laughs> Harry, did y'all Dodgy put your Valley. name in y'all goblet of fire? <laughs> Dodgy Valley. <laughs> he said Dodgy with his spurs Valley. kicking along Dodgy the table. Valley. Okay. Dodgy Valley. Okay. Stardew Valley. Okay. Stardew Valley. Okay. Okay. I have been playing the game. I recently learned how to speak the Apple people language. And the Junimos, Jim. Junimo. That's the one. Come on, mate. Yes. Get it right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore the, the whole... I've... Oh, good! You're not doing a George Mount playthrough. God no. Good man. Good um, man. I've chopped down some trees. Fox. There's, <laughs> I'm, I still don't quite understand what I'm doing, but oh well. I've been doing a lot of fishing. That's been hard, but I'm yeah, getting there. Fishing's difficult, but it's good to make out. It's good to make money without uh, a game. Sean has asked me to get him some eels, and I don't know what he wants to do. He no, he asked for a single eel, and. Shane. That seems to Shane. Sorry, Shane has asked me <laughs> to get him an eel, and I've been on the internet too long. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm assuming it's going up his ass. No, um, I think that in my head now, Shane is now Cockney. <laughs> He's going to make a pie with it, Gavner. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about Stardew Valley. We don't know what anyone's accent is. We can yeah, just imagine whatever we want. And yeah, if if Shane is Cockney, perfect. Yeah, that's it. Shane could be Cockney. And willing to jam an eel up his ass. <laughs> I'll make one into a pie. Still, then again, I don't. I don't think he can be Cockney because he's not a painter and decorator. Wow. <laughs> Grace, you were worried I was being racist to Texans. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> it's not wrong. Oh, okay. So some no, stereotypes I mean, are okay. I'd have gone more bricklayer, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll probably play more Stardew Valley. 
once we're done with editing. Oh, so you're enjoying it then? Yeah, this will probably be my new downtime game. I like to have a game to sort of play for an hour before bed, and uh, I'm in the market for a new one of those. Yeah, it's it's good at that. Just um, be very, very careful because very soon it'll be eight hours later and you will emerge blinking into the dawn of a new day wondering where the fuck all the time went. That's fair. So, true. Yeah. <laughs> Stardew Valley is uh, is very good at what it does in which it's, it's an absolutely brilliant time sink. Grace, have you been playing it since we've recorded? Uh, yes, but I have to set my alarm clock just... <laughs> Just so, to make sure you stop playing. Just so I emerge from oh, uh, from the eldritch horror that is Stardew Valley and back into the present day. Now it's funny you should mention Stardew Valley as eldritch horror. Are we comfy? I'm as comfy as I'll ever be. Good. Because it's time for a spooky tale. It's time to duel. I wish I'd found a Yu-Gi-Oh crossover. (laughs) That's not what we're going with, though. No, fine. Because today's tale is an eldritch horror. In Stardew Valley? In Stardew Valley. Come on, there's something a little bit eldritch about Stardew Valley. Mm Mm-hmm. You've got to admit. So this is a crossover between Stardew Valley and the Cthulhu Mythos, and the relationship is Alex and female player. Oh, okay. So it is specifically inspired by a story called The Color Out of Space, which was recently adapted into a film with Nicolas Cajun. Yeah, you you keep telling me about this. That I need to I'm, see I it. kept telling you about it because I had to watch it for this, to do some research hmm. for this particular fic. Let it never be said James doesn't take this seriously. Oh, I take this very... I oh. particularly research this, yes. which is why I haven't played Stardew Valley. <laughs> so you, you've done one but not the other I did half of the research I intended to do Yes Okay. And I really like this fic uh, I don't know much about Stardew Valley But I got enough Sort of background knowledge from you both And It made sense, it seemed consistent with this Normally I like to Summarise a fic rather than reading bits from it But it is very important I talk about how this fic is written Okay. Because they have absolutely nailed the long, verbose horror that H.P. Lovecraft did so well. That's interesting. Mm. So I'll be reading a couple segments out of this. I'll try not to read too much. Everyone should read this for themselves. I like how it starts with, to whom it may concern, because that's how I used to write to my teachers when I wanted to make a complaint. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. You, You had to submit complaints in writing at your school? No. I did it of my own volition. How often did you complain at school? Huh? How often did you complain at school that you were writing regular letters? Maybe going, maybe once a month. Damn. Wow, that's what age yeah. are we talking? High school. Okay. You had a lot to complain about. Oh no no no! <laughs> I was just, I was was just imagining Ickle Baby Grace in uh, year one slash first grade, where depending on the country you're in, to whom it may concern. No, Nap I was, time I, has been removed verbal. from the curriculum, and I find it most disconcerting. <laughs> Just written in crayon, but in that style. Uh, more, more verbal when I was little. It was like, I think this lesson's rubbish. <laughs> Who is with me? And then no one joined the resistance, and I still had to go in and learn. Oh, <laughs> oh <Well>. no. <laughs> 
Well, as you've rightly observed, this fic is presented as a letter, and it mm. is a letter from one Maru Carter Moore. Carter Moore? Yeah. Who I believe. Is that the authentic surname? I believe it is. I'm not sure. I haven't looked that far into Stardew Valley, despite mm. the many, many fucking days of my life I've lost to it. I, so they I mention think... a couple of the surnames and the origins of them, but Carter Moore isn't included in here. Stands to reason, though, because, um, you know, Maru at the minute uh, is living with her dad and stepmom. Uh huh. Which yes. of course is Robin and Demetrius. So yeah, it would it would stand that she's uh, that she's got a double barrel name. Yeah. So yeah, top notch. So this is written in the style of a letter. Uh, it's worth noting there are two different types of writing in this. Hmm. It is there's the parts that made it into the letter, and there's the parts that are scribbled out. Hmm. So in a couple paragraphs, there are bits lined through. Those are the bits that Maru didn't want to include in her report, because this letter is a report to okay. whom it may concern about the harrowing incidents in Stardew Valley. So, by the sound of things, it should it may concern all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm. H.P. Lovecraft wrote a lot of his stories in this style, incidentally. Yeah. Of someone writing to someone else. Uh, I need to read some of it. I think. Honestly, I don't like H.P. Lovecraft that much. Oh, really? I mean, but no I do one li- likes the guy. I like. Sure. Oh, I also don't like the guy. He's super racist, even for his day. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the KKK yeah. didn't want him because he was just too much. That is also true. Fucking bad when the KKK is mm-hmm. too racist. The KKK thought they were going to that Lovecraft being there would give him a bad would give the KKK a bad image. So they wow. cut him out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Didn't realise it was that bad. Yeah, oh, okay. he was that racist that the KKK thought, yikes, dude, we can't put this in our letters. Go away. So the guy the guy could write... He could write horror, but he was a proper cunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really like the genre he is inspired. Hmm. And there's a lot of authors, including this, including Milu here, that have sort of taken what he's done and run with it and made better works with it. Wow, okay. So, I like Lovecraftian horror. I don't like H.P. Lovecraft. Also, mm. his books haven't aged particularly well. Right, But I have I a copy of the Necronomicon, which is which is his complete works. You're welcome to borrow it, Nick. Oh, thank you very much. I, I may take you up on that next time we're uh, in, in the vicinity of each other. Excellent. So, this letter sort of covers the um, Maru's daily life, how she's lived in Stardew Valley, how she's also very fond of the sciences... I believe she was doing research on bats. Is that something in the in the game? Yeah, not, I've been attacked by bats multiple times. Not Maru, but um, you do have... I mean, her father, Demetrius, he's like into his science and stuff. He's always doing research. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a lab at his house. And relatively early on in the game, you've got a cave like uh, just outside your farm. You've got two options. Demetrius comes by and he's like, right... We can either convert this into like a bat sanctuary, in which case you get all sorts of types of fruit. Yes. Or you can convert it into like a a mushroom growing patch, in which case you get all sorts of mushrooms. Well, they went with the bat option in this Hmm. run. Good choice. Of this playthrough. And Maru has been using it and sort of generally feeding the bats, sort of tagging them, doing other science stuff. Hmm. Until the meteorite fell. Oh, okay. That happens in game as well. One night in mid-spring, nearly two years ago, there was an explosion in the sky. Oh, I should add, um, the player character's name is Hazel, Hazel Gardner. 
Yeah. And she has opted to marry Alex. Okay. Alex has taken a name then. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Is that a hmm. thing in Stardew? That whoever you marry just gets your surname? I don't think you have surnames yeah, in Stardew you... Valley, so it's not really an issue. Oh. That's it, you don't really have a surname, so yeah. Well, Alex has taken Hazel's surname. Brief soapbox. I actually think that's a better way of doing it. Instead of always being the man taking the woman's name, you should just decide as a team who has the better name. The man doesn't take the woman's name. I know, normally the woman takes the man's name. Yeah. That's what I meant. Apologies if, apologies if I said the wrong thing. Well, what? personal choice, isn't it? Yeah, you, know. you should sit down, discuss it, maybe double-barrel him. Maybe, maybe the man takes the woman's name if she's got the cooler name. I, I honestly think if it's like if you've got... If you've got an unfortunate name, you shouldn't make anyone else live exactly. with it if they don't want to. Mm. Yeah, like, my surname, we're not going to say it, is unfortunate. If I married someone called... Um, Matthew. Rachel Stallion. I'd be like, yeah, I'm having your surname. Um, To be fair, though... If there's a Rachel does... Stallion out there, here's my phone number. <laughs> there is a, a, a webcomic I used to read, and the creator of that, uh, when he got married to his uh, significant other... He wanted to double-barrel their names because it would have made Wiener Smith. <laughs> oh, no. Which yes. I think that would be quite funny. <laughs> That's a solid double-barrel. Yeah, Wiener Stick Smith. That. <laughs> anyway, the meteorite fell from the sky. Oh, yeah, back to chills. Sorry. Yeah, we should really... Apologize. We're getting very tangented on this one today. Yeah. Unfort I'm, I'm just going to read a sample here just so you get an idea of what the writing is like. Yeah, let's sit back and be harrowed. Unfortunately, I have only second-hand knowledge of the events which transpired immediately after its landing and discovery. My father is not an imaginative man, however, and given my experiences later on which tie into the meteorite's existence, I believe that his account was embellished little, if at all. The story goes as follows. One night in mid-spring, nearly two years ago, there was an explosion in the sky. Hazel and Alex Gardner were awoken in the night by a noise, it was loud enough to blow out one of the windows in the farmhouse, and its echoes were heard as far as the Calico Desert on the other side of the valley. They went outside to calm the animals. Stardrop Farm housed quite an array of livestock, and all had been thrown into a frenzy by the explosion. They noticed a smoky or misty quality to the air, but nothing tangible. Perhaps there was nothing which we would consider physical there at all. And in the morning they discovered the meteorite. It's it all written like this. It was 30 yards across, glowing hot, and with faint sounds of movement coming from within. It's yeah. very H.G. Wells. Yeah, well, Wells was of a similar era. Yeah, that's it. Th this is good. Yeah, th mm -hmm. it's it's got that sort of um, style to it, you know. Yeah. You know, the unease the in the air, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they've nailed that. That's why I wanted to read a segment, just to show, like, how solid the writing is. Yeah, that's I won't do good. it justice if I just talk about the story. Yeah, it is very good, that. Yeah, absolutely very good. Mm -hmm. So, yep, they discovered the meteorite. Uh, they gather its measurements. It's not quite a perfect sphere. There are bits sticking out of it, and they realize those bits are made of iridium. So every so often a meteorite will land on your farm, uh, destroying a few of the tiles around it. And if you've got a good enough pickaxe, you, you can mine it for iridium. So, that holds up. Okay. Well, you're right. They couldn't take it apart properly, but they managed to take a few chunks, take it for research, hmm. and um, they study it over time. The meteorite couldn't be moved as well, I should mention. It was just stuck there. Okay. 
It was only when viewed through infrared and ultraviolet spectrums of light that it became clear how truly remarkable the rock was. In fantasy, science fiction, and other genres of speculative fiction, authors have often attempted to give names and descriptions to colours which humans cannot see and indeed cannot imagine. I have seen such colours firsthand, and truly, I cannot describe them. I only wish that I still had the privilege of being unable to imagine them as well. Oh. So, looking at chunks of the meteor, there are colours that no one has ever seen before. Oh, Fox or Maru can see through time now. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Um, this is actually something from the Lovecraftian story Colour Out of Space. The meteor falls from the sky, and it gives off a colour that is unnatural. In the film, they use per- sort of a purplish pink, and props to the film, kind of hard to depict a colour that no one can see, well, or no yeah. one's ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to invent a colour. So it works better in, in text form. So yeah, that's accurate to Lovecraft. Oh, okay. Um, so time passes, they study the meteorites. The meteorite eventually vanishes, it dissolves into the soil. That's when things start getting a bit strange. So the bat colony, the fruits that are left there, become overripe and tender, and they burst upon touching. Okay. Like, something's just changing the fruit. Yeah. And um, the only fruit unaffected was the star drop. Hmm. Weird-looking fruit, to be fair. Like, star drop is why you're there in Stardew Valley. It gives you, like, more energy and stuff. Okay. Mm. They're supposed to be, like, the best thing in the world. That is unusual. This is why if your character was going to eat a star drop, uh, you'd be reminded of the tastes of MILFs. The tastes of MILFs? Yeah, the taste of MILFs. Because MILFs is apparently your favourite thing, according to the the cover art. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you'll be reminded of the taste of MILFs. Grace tries it, she gets the sweet taste of fish himbos. Oh, no. Yes. I guess a slightly haddocky taste. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, um, had a consult. So although there's no sign of the meteor anymore, animals just get weird around Stardrop Farm. If I can say, they start acting weird. The best guess is just there's just some kind of smell that was lingering, but who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm noticing here that uh, it's doing funny things to the to the water table as well. Yeah, the best guess. uh, Maru sort of advises everyone stop drinking the water there. You know, just to be safe. Hmm. And there's sorts of weird colours in it as well. So, they advise not to drink it. But all the same, Alex eventually falls ill. And hmm. they go visit Dr. Blackwood. To... Dr. Harvey Blackwood. Harvey scribbled out Dr. Blackwood. Yeah. So, Harvey, real name, Dr. Blackwood, to be formal in this report. And Dr. Blackwood reckons it's pneumonia. Sorry, I cannot speak today. Pneumonia. But... Uh, once they look at the, ch- the chest x-ray, something very strange is there. Oh. There is a, what looks to be a pocket of air right in the middle, but it's almost a perfect rectangle in his lung. Okay, now it's getting freaky. And the colouring was somewhat metallic, as though it were a foreign object within the lung. But reckoned it's an error, probably. It's an old x-ray machine. X-ray machines, get when they get old, they tend to do stuff like that, right? I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I'm no expert, but I think if somebody goes to the hospital and they see a, a 
dark rectangle in the middle of somebody's lung, they're going to want to open him up and see what's in there. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a small town. There's only one doctor. They know Alex has never had anything implanted in him. Mm-hmm. So it's probably more likely an error. It's probably an error because, uh, God forbid, they're going to um, maybe do another x-ray. Yeah. That <laughs> waste of good photocopying or whatever they yeah, use for x-rays. Yeah, absolutely. X-ray paper is expensive. You don't want to give them a second exposure to radiation. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at this point Maru leaves Stardew Valley. She goes and studies in Arkham. Oh, okay. Which is Lovecraft's favorite fictional town. Yeah, same with Batman. Yeah, Batman puts his people there too. Hmm. Yeah, must be a coincidence. <laughs> Time passes. Eventually gets a call from Robin, her mum. Or stepmum? Yeah, stepmum. Stepmum. Uh, to say that her dad also now has pneumonia. Oh no. Uh, she reassured her during that call, saying, Don't worry, it's a similar diagnosis to Alex, but they'll probably both be fine. And at this point she realises, oh, it's been ages, Alex hasn't recovered from his pneumonia. It's been months mm. at this point. Mm. So, probably not just pneumonia. So, she travels back to Stardew Valley. By this time, it is the Feast of the Winter Star. And she asks Sebastian, her brother, how things are going. Weird things have been going on. People have begun seeing strange things around the farm at night after the dogs disappeared. Uh, by the sound of things, the the two farm dogs have broken loose and... Yes, sorry, I skipped yeah. that. The farm dogs vanished. Ran off into the darkness and were never seen again. And it's at this point Maru decides she has to take action. She breaks in to her father's lab. There's a fantastic phrasing of this, I have to find it again. I must confess that not all of the skills which I had developed through a lifetime of scientific curiosity have strictly kosher applications. Among other hands-on skills, I'm quite adept at picking locks. Oh, okay. So, breaks into her dad's lab, takes the meteor samples, and throws them into the sewer. And <sighs> within days, her father recovers. So once the meteor is out of the house, the, the pneumonia lifts completely. Right, okay. So, I mean, it could be radiation. Alex wasn't so lucky. No. He died shortly after, in spring. Oh, no. And it's at this point they got to re-examine the x-rays. And the oh, object no, has grown bigger in his lungs. It displays an unusual shape, but it's grown and its form is un unmistakably crystalline. Also unmistakable was the anomaly's striking resemblance to a cluster of iridium. So the iridium's growing There is iridium the gl growing in his lung. Oh. That sounds particularly... Yeah. Yeah, that's not normal. That's unnerving. So, putting all this together, Maru decides to visit Stardrop Farm one more time. And at this point, she meets Hazel, the uh, player character. She's coming out. She doesn't look well. I don't think you would if your uh, husband had been... Her skin was pallid, her face sunken and hollow, her hair brittle and unwashed. Her athletic frame had grown thin and almost frail. She wore no gloves, and I observed that her fingernails both dirt and something looked worrying, looked, that looked worryingly like blood. Her eyes were very, very bright. Uh, she's carrying a shovel. She starts digging. Maru asks what she's doing. Uh, Hazel doesn't look back up to reply. She just says, 
I'm going to get what's down there. What is down there? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't think it knows what we are, either. Is it aware? Maru asks. Maybe, Hazel says. And she just oh. keeps digging. So they're both going to get it now. That's when they notice the fire from behind the house. What are you burning? Maru asks. The dogs. Yeah. They were in the well. I'm... I want to see where this is going now. This is quite... Yeah. yeah. She just sort of nods in reply, leaves Hazel to it. Maru asks Hazel one of the most important questions. Why is it here? Hazel paused, looks her in the eyes and says, It likes this place. It's been here lots of times before. Oh. It knew my, it knew my grandfather, too. Diggity. <laughs> and then Maru blacks out. She wakes up on a train to Arkham with her luggage with her. What the fuck? <laughs> so she she just pan her sanity meter ran out and she's like, Well, fuck this. I'm leaving. I mean, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. This next section is completely uh crossed out. Star drops don't grow anywhere in the Ferngill in the Ferngill Republic. Why do they only grow here? Why do they have such strange effects on those that eat them? Yeah, fair enough. Iridium is one of the rarest elements in the world, yet it occurs in abundance within the valley and seems to be increasing every year. Is it increasing? Metal can't grow. No one ever seems to have found the amount of Iridium in this valley strange, but then no one outside the valley has ever been called upon to check. Things grow here which shouldn't grow, and in ways which shouldn't be possible. There are legends of races of people who came from the sky and who dug their way up from underground, and there have been strange sightings in the mines and the forest. Strange noises heard at night and during rainstorms from the forest tower and from underground. Animals develop strange mutations, even animals and insects which are impervious to harm. So many people complain about being trapped here, but so few never leave. The meteorite dissolved and, s and it soaked into the ground. It was in the well. It's in the water. Oh, I wonder just... if Hazel is still out there digging. I am very afraid. I've just got what this is. Yeah, I have just got what this is. All yeah. this explains the fucking game mechanics. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I couldn't see the link between uh, Lovecraftian horror and Stardew Valley, but there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a very different game coming back, isn't it? <laughs> Metal that grows. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I always knew there was something going on beneath the surface, but I literally thought it was Shane's alcoholism. Or, <laughs> or fucking, you know, Jodie being unsatisfied being a housewife when she wants to do other things. But no, it turns out that it's Eldritch this. Horror. Yeah, it's Eldritch Horror. This town's cursed. That... <sighs> <laughs> I'm I'm fucking I'm fucking staggered. That's this makes me feel really slightly good. uncomfortable. That that's yeah. Wow. I highly I, I skimmed over this and cut out a lot. Everyone should read this. It's very yeah. good. I I think I'm going to. I, I can't wish you gave away the ending. Like. You're right. I probably should cut that, shouldn't I? Yeah, cut oh, the yes. ending. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, spoilers for Stardew are fair game. Uh, spoilers for Fix probably shouldn't be. So yeah, I'm going to cut that. Apologies. 
apologies to future editor me to figure out how to do this. Um, I wish Stardew Valley was this overtly eldritch. Mm. I would absolutely play it more. You see, um, the uh, problem with that is, um, of course, Stardew Valley, as we've said, is it's not really a game. It's more a quite comfy time sink. Yeah, um, but I want an eldritch yeah. horror farming game. I mean, that's like, probably why it's a good time sink, because it's an Eldritch horror time sink. Yeah. Yeah, actually, to be fair, once you're in, it's very, very it's hard to get out. It's funny how you never want to leave this village, isn't it? <laughs> I told you about how I started playing it at, like, I don't know, the morning, and then I looked up and it was 8 o'clock at night. It's almost as if time has no meaning here. Oh, yeah. I think it's because the character just doesn't walk very fast, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who it, can truly when... say... About the horrors of Stardew Valley. Shut up, <laughs> Honestly, this explains it, and it's going to be very, very hard to go back to it now and play it, play it in the same way. Did I ruin Stardew Valley for you? You didn't ruin it. Okay. <laughs> he's just going to be filled with anxiety and it's looking just... for things when he's next there. <laughs> yeah, it's just I. you grow attached to a lot of the characters, and to think that they're being held there against their will doesn't really sit well with me. Oh. It's supposed I mean, to be like a, a, a sort Nick, of happy place, you know. If it helps, Nick, your character's stuck there too. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, because my character is me. <laughs> Have you called it your name and everything? Well, yeah, you do, don't you? I don't. <laughs> On the off chance. <laughs> I'm not tying my soul to this. <laughs> Names of power, Nick. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah First rule of fairy right. law, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, what have you been reading? And now for something completely different. Oh, no. uh, as you know, uh, I have a lot of time for for Jody. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get the sense that she's sort of content with uh, her married life, but something's not quite right and i think that she wants to step out into the world and maybe explore a little bit more i think jody needs something more than just sort of providing for sam and vincent and kent when he comes back from the war okay. uh, so i went in search of a fix it fic uh, i found one this is called counting backwards by the fox woman Oh. Uh, okay, so the summary is one of the lines of dialogue that you can get from, from Jody when you talk to her. So before we do, uh, just the tags. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at those and I just noticed, Mummy, sorry, Mummy. Or, yes. sorry, in American, Mommy, sorry, because mom, there's no U in there. Yeah. And Harold, they're lesbians. Uh, yeah, this is a, in its purest form, this is Jody finally finding her reason to keep going her awakening if you will in the new female farmer that has just moved to town sorry i clicked on harold their lesbians as a tag and the second most recent harold their lesbians fic is called i could be such a gentleman by english football boys what and the tag is men's football rfp rpf even really yeah <laughs> um... between jack grealish and john stones I don't know who they are. I don't do football. No, I don't know anything about football either. But it made me laugh that um, the football, <laughs> this football slash fic out there, because of course there is. Oh, I'm I'm willing to bet they've got like this sort of bromance thing going on off the field, maybe. Okay, sorry. Tangent away. Tell me, tell us about counting backwards. Yeah, absolutely. Well, counting backwards is written from two perspectives. There's a lot of flashbacks in it. 
to when Jodie was a young girl. Uh, she's got two friends, Caroline and Clara. In these flashbacks, they're always playing a game. Jodie is an elegant princess who would ride her favourite horse along the long stretch of beach every morning. Uh, she'd fight pirates, command an army, discover an incredible magical being, marry princes. You know, that sort of thing. Caroline is your spellcaster. To clarify, that does say marry a prince. She's not She's not playing around. Oh, no. Yeah, Jodie doesn't play the field. Singular so. prince. Or does she? Ooh. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah caroline's your spellcaster does she have a cowboy hat she may have a cowboy hat it's never uh, never adequately okay. explained i'm gonna imagine i'm thinking that she's going to be your sort of like hooded mage oh yeah okay of wizard or witch you know that sort of thing and clara who is an original character made up for this fic uh she's a mermaid elusive and mysterious hey. You would think, by the sounds of things, they had quite a happy childhood living in Stardew Valley. Hmm. The fact you've said that makes me worry, but okay. Um, let's just get into it, shall we? Okay. Okay. <laughs> this, in parts, this is, uh, yeah. Am I going to be sad at the end of this? Not sad at the end. Just halfway through. I'll take it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It'll be fine. Okay, so they play a lot of time in uh, Cindersap Forest, playing the fantasy game that they always sort of play. But of course, that was long ago, and now Jodie's sort of thinking back to it and thinking, well, that's not the here and now, it was just sort of a fantasy. And what's important is the here and now. And what's here is a house, are two boys, and a stack of letters unopened. What's now is her rubber gloves. And the way that the steamy water from the sink still manages to soak the edges of her sleeves, despite how carefully she rolled them to her elbows. That's relatable. Yeah, it is, but, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and it's so annoying it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah absolutely you get the impression that she's I won't say tired of life but sort of set in her ways if you know what I mean she she needs a change Something I, to... I mean so this scene is oh this is where we sound pretentious and English lit here it draws parallels to the opening of Stardew Valley itself with the dreary office job where you're going to get a letter to be like do you want to leave this all behind this is boring isn't it why don't you quit Get a farm. And I feel like maybe that's what Jodie needs. She needs to quit and get a farm. She needs to quit and get a farm where you can sell yes. literally fucking everything. Yes. Maybe in um, in Rune Factory instead. Yeah, maybe. M maybe it's time that Jodie left Stardew Valley. Yeah. And, and sort of charted her own course, so to speak. <gasps> become a pirate, yeah. Or become a pirate. I mean, mm -hmm. she's kind of like uh, half princess, half pirate in her yeah. game she played with her friends when she was young. Yeah. Sell the so, house, become a pirate, a lesbian pirate at that. Absolutely. Have a crew. Um, okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, you will know that at the, I think it's the beginning of year two, uh, her husband Kent comes home from the war. Kent pretty clearly has PTSD. Oh. And he is, like a lot of military personnel, struggling to sort of adjust to civilian uh, life. In this passage, uh, when Kent throws the popcorn bowl at the wall, Jodie quickly glances at the door. Uh, to reassure herself that the boys were not there. So, of course, you know, she doesn't want Vincent and Sam to see this. Is the game this bleak about PTSD as well? Like, is it similarly, like, dark? Not quite. I mean, the game does deal with such dark themes as alcoholism. Uh, Kent's PTSD is never really sort of fully explored in the game, which is kind of a shame, because, like, people have written mods where it, where it is. In the style of the Stardew Valley thing, where eventually the, prot the protagonist, your farmer, makes everything okay. Hmm. I think Kent deserves better, but, you know, there it is. Oh, I don't think, like, 
being given homegrown vegetables is going to cure what he's got, but it's a nice sentiment, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's very Stardew Valley. You can solve anything with homegrown vegetables. Depends what's what you're growing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I assume there's a mod to grow crack in the in the shed, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that will be quite funny. You, you can grow weed. Yeah, that's <laughs> always seemed that way. You've got That's to the keep it secret from Mayor Lewis, otherwise mm-hmm. he'll call the authorities on you. I think we may have made that joke in the first episode. There's a lot of flashbacks in this to the story that they were for themselves, Jodie and her friends, uh, when they were young. There's a lot of world building going on, uh, which sort of builds up to, until you sort of realise, things aren't really always what they seem. Um, okay. You know, like... Uh, the well-worn path that Geordie walks is familiar, though Cindersap looks a little different from her youth. Not as endless, yet still, there's an air throughout the forest that clings to her mind. Mm. So maybe something happened in there that wasn't entirely all sunshine and laughter and pleasance. Oh, God. But okay. that's neither I did notice here nor memory there losses in the tags, so... Yeah. But that's neither here nor there now. What's here is a soft embrace. What's now is a stolen romance, a grazing of each other's skin. A woman 15 years her younger, holding Jodie as though she were the child. Oh. That's very romantically written, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's quite beautiful in places. And it really sort of gives you the sense that she's maybe found something that she's been looking for for all these years. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's all sort of good. But yeah, back to back to the flashbacks. Uh, again, the playing in the woods. Clara realises that they're not alone in the woods. There's something here. But it sounds like something's coming closer. They decide to run. And going back to the present, uh, Jodie cannot pull to her mind what caused the rustling. So something has happened in the forest that she's blocked out. Something she's blanked out. Last night, the farmer had rocked her world so hard that she saw stars prickling at the edges of her vision. And this morning. So... Oh, good honour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be honest, that's how they usually portray radiation poisoning in games. (laughs) <laughs> with all like the stars sort of prickling in so yeah. you're still reading from your own fiction a little bit a yeah i'm waiting for the horror to drop and the, i'm waiting for cthulhu to show up no. pelican town twinned with pripyat yeah <laughs> could be oh that'd be a good farming game you're reclaiming the exclusion zone Oh, like um, Fallout, but it's like Fallout, but yeah. Stardew Valley. Fallout, New Stardew. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'd be up like for that. Like the, the settlement building in Fallout 4, but you actually have to farm things as well instead of just placing mm-hmm. them there. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Come on, Todd, I know you listen to this show. Make yeah. Fallout 5 like that. Game developers, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Fuck's yeah. sake. Back on topic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The settlement building is fine. There's just too fucking much of it. Okay. Talking of settlement it. building, Stardew Valley. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, back to the present. Uh, Caroline and Jodie are doing the yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the yoga. Caroline and Jodie are doing the aerobics. I'm sure you can edit that out to make me not look like a dick. I promise nothing. <laughs> uh, Jodie can tell Caroline anything she really can because no matter what she tells Caroline it doesn't matter when Caroline asks Jodie to where she's headed after aerobics Jodie says oh uh, to the spa for a rendezvous with my younger lover Ooh. so um, Caroline's like ah <laughs> you know uh, sort of making light of it that sort of thing again with uh, with so much in this story uh, there's more to Caroline than meets the eye more to Caroline and Pierre's relationship than, than meets the eye as well 
Um, it's no secret when Pierre closes the shop on Wednesdays to go into the city. But what's he doing while he's there? And mm. everyone sees Pierre leave for the city, but no one seems to watch Caroline slip away towards the Cindersap Forest. Now, there is a theory that Abigail is a product of an affair that Caroline had with the wizard. Huh. <laughs> so, there's... I can't help but feel Caroline can do better. Yeah, quite... That's probably why that she's got her life sorted out and he's living as a recluse in a tower, mm-hmm. to be fair. <laughs> there's a few lines of dialogue. Pierre often wonders whether Abigail's his, because he, she's so different, the sort of purple hair, the wanting to fight monsters and uh, mess with the supernatural, uh, that sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah, there is a bit of a pervading theory that... Uh, Maybe Pierre and Caroline's marriage isn't all that it seems. And, of course, the modding community have modded this in. They've modded in a confrontation that Pierre can have with the wizard and Caroline being learning that Abigail isn't his daughter after all. Well, I learned so, today that the wizard can teleport, so it doesn't seem like a very fair fight. Yeah, exactly. But the wizard is about as cool about it as you can imagine him to be. By the looks of things, they both realise it was wrong and it's like, yeah, yada yada. But anyway, um, back to the fic. Uh, Jodie has her romantic rendezvous in the spa. And um, flashing back to the game they used to play, this is effectively going back to the beginning of uh, Jodie and Kent's relationship. Once upon a time, there was a castle on the shore. She could wield a sword, she could flirt with her enemies, she could make lovers of her friends and friends of her lovers. She was a great ruler and beautiful maid. I'm sorry, she- make friends of her lovers? So she's turning them down afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not into you. <laughs> no. yep, and they're like, basically, fine, I'm happy to be your friend. I I think this passage deals with um, the optimism of youth and the loss of innocence of adulthood. Okay. And that's about as English lit as you will ever hear me sound. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she was a great ruler and beautiful maiden. She met a sorceress and mermaid and followed their quest for the benefit of the entire kingdom. The three of them ventured to other lands, helping sort out problems and earning prizes. They escaped a dragon. They got lost in the haunted woods and survived. They fought for survival in those woods. They saw something. They escaped. They vowed to never play again. The mermaid gained back her tail and swam off. The sorceress locked away her wand. And the princess, she met her prince. So, yeah, it's a little bit heavy, this one. Yeah, I thought I brought the dark one. I suppose the really scary thing in this universe is getting old. Yeah. yeah. Getting assaulted in the woods yeah, as a child. It is then explained in more recent flashback that uh, Clara ended up getting uh, getting cancer. Oh, and, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Jodie and Clara, they'd had a double wedding with their husbands. Yeah. Now, this has happened, basically. I got nothing. It's fine. Sometimes we've got to cover the heavier fix rather than the lighter ones. Okay. We can't have crack all the time. Okay. Uh, okay, so, yeah, it's... Um, in another flashback, it is uh, explained that something did happen in those woods. They're rescued by the Adventurers Guild, and, uh, you know, Lewis sort of comes to question them. What did you see? They don't really know at this point. It was dark, there was a sound, a screech, a laugh, a bear, a pond... Something blowing, oozing, and something has happened to them in the woods. This is what makes me think it's the slime. Oh, okay. Something blowing, oozing. So maybe they weren't sexually assaulted. Maybe they were just beaten up by the slime, which is... Okay, I yeah, take it back then. A lot less dark. It's sort of implied like someone assaulted them, but... 
slimes they do sort of come out of the bushes and mob the player if you let them. Um, whatever had happened, they never fully remembered. Caroline wanted to go back and insisted on it, but Jodie clamped down. The story had ended. In her mind, the castle on the shore had crumbled like dust. Aww. There is a lot of loss of innocence in this. And mm. um, losing the kind of whimsy that you have as a, a wide-eyed eight-year-old, if you want, uh, looking upon the world for the first time. Yeah, sad. Does anyone remember the sort of games I used to play when they were younger, like pretend games? I Plenty. do. Plenty yeah. that I'm too embarrassed to share. <laughs> ah, you're a coward. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Um, me and a mate of mine, we were always truck drivers. Oh, nice. In, was... the, pl- in the playground. You have not changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. We were just there, we'd be fucking I bet your first word was gearbox. It was actually car. Oh my god, I was joking. No, ask my <laughs> mum, it was actually car. <laughs> and then my second word was owie, which was lorry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> there was no hope from the start, really, was there? No. No. <laughs> I think uh, maybe at a very young age, sort of like uh, six months old, I was hand- I was handed a toy car, and I thought, yes, this is what I want my life oh, to be. Oh, God. <laughs> and it never stopped. You're a hamster. Put the show on, get played. Yeah, it, was a, it was a hamster. I was a hamster. But, oh, Grace was the hamster. But I had I had a growing pop career, which made me a hamster. And <laughs> <laughs> so had a friend that used to play, and we were the hamsters, and it was great. And we knew what we didn't know what much of alcohol was, but we knew champagne existed, and we knew what getting drunk was. So we'd like <laughs> stagger on the playground, like Jesus, like. <laughs> Pre- like pretending that you were in Hollywood, just like staggering out of your limo to another club, and yeah, that's wow. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were in year two, so <laughs> the teachers were like, "What the fuck's going on there?" So there is one bit in this fic I do quite like. Um, okay, I think it's, it's the chapter afterwards. Um, Jody's being seduced just by being given fish. Oh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that that fits with Stardew Valley. Yeah. yeah so Farmer comes in, she's like, "Oh, that's a lovely fish." She beams at the younger woman. It's the, I love the idea that this is this is just how romance works. She just shows up with a large fish, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like the taste of fish and fish are expensive, then that's true. You know, that's that's a nice gift, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the I'd, I'd love someone to give me a massive thing of like smoked salmon because I could fucking chug that shit. Like, oh my god. <laughs> If anyone wants to seduce Grace, send us a haddock at thefanshippingforecast at gmail.com. No, smoked salmon. Apologies. Salmon. salmon. That shit's expensive, but it's so nice. So, um, we have established here, um, in our own little bit bit of character development... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Grace likes fish so much. Oh, fuck's sake, I've done it again. But the way to Grace's heart is through fish. fish. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this keeps happening. (laughs) Fish himbos strike again. Fish, fish himbos. So you know, no. Prince Sidon, if you're out there, shut up. <laughs> um, oh, I like other foods. That's like it. We have foods. we have a bookish brunette. What here does Grace want to do with the salmon? Neptune's bounty. I hate you. Get on with your fic. Leave me alone. <laughs> Sorry. The second, I finally found. Yeah, there's another bit I should have brought up. It's just about the seduction in this in general. Yeah. Uh, this is. One of the first bits set in the future. Ken just says, That girl working on the farm is strong, isn't she? 
And Joe just goes, yeah, she's strong. Hmm. So it looks like the seduction here is just watching a buff lady chop wood. And then <laughs> said buff lady brings her a fish and the romance is complete. Oh, so you think like Jodie's been, you know, wandering by on... Watching the gun show. Yes, seeing the these sort of like rippled, bulging muscles on this lass as she, mm-hmm. you know, she cuts down, cuts down like a mighty redwood. Yeah. And like, that's been her awakening. Yeah. You know. So... And then said muscle-bound lady brings her a salmon. Well, and um, goes, oddly ah. enough, like uh, one of the sort of events that you get with Jodie in the game is uh, she's like, oh, uh, do you want to come round for supper? Uh, if you do, then bring me a largemouth bass. Uh... So it's, it's in reference to that. But, I mean, I find it a little bit odd that you've got to provide the food. That is odd. If you yeah. get invited to you bring a bottle of wine, that's standard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing the meal, the main course, that's that's not right. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it's a cultural difference. Maybe it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring the food if you want to cook it. Oh, I, I mean, have a friend like that. If it worked that way, I'd be having dinner parties all the time. I'd be like, hey, Grace, do you want to come round? Okay, bring me this menu. I'm starving. <laughs> bring me my pie-making kit. everything but the fish. Okay, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, possibly. So maybe it is so. in the Stardew universe, like, bringing the main course is the equivalent of bringing a bottle. I had a friend, right, who uh, who said, oh, do you want to come around my for dinner? I was like, yeah, all right, then go on. And I rolled up, we had dinner, and then she told me how much I needed to pay her for it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. We're not friends anymore, but, you know. No, you shouldn't be. <laughs> wow. Hang on. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. What a bitch. <laughs> Thankfully, me and the other friend she had invited, uh, it wasn't so expensive because we split it. But it's just, it's just like a, I was thrown so hard. I I mean, like, and then like I... her parents walked in and, and and the dad was like, you're not charging them for that, are you? And she was like, yeah. And we were just like, yeah, she is. <laughs> He was just like, what the fuck? Oh, no, it's I'm... not a cultural thing, she's just a tight, <laughs> tight as fuck. <laughs> wow, that's... That, yeah, that that's so fucking bad. I mean, splitting a takeaway, I can understand, but, you know... Yeah. Fucking... It, was, it was one of those, like, pizzas you just put in the oven for a couple of minutes. What, so it would have been about, like, two quid? Yeah. That's not right. How old were you? Oh, we were in our teens. So, like... Even so... I don't know if I, I've sort of like lived a, a privileged lifestyle or anything like that, but when I was a teenager, two quid want a lot of money for me. Shut up, Jim. No, I mean, it, it was a sizable... <laughs> oh, God, can I tell that story, Nick? I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, oh, please. If, if, you, if you must. You know what? You're only, you're only no. making it worse for yourself because you've got to fucking edit this, but yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, okay, no. Um... <laughs> That's a st- Nick being tight as a teenager is a story for another time. I'm going to leave it there because I'm looking at the timer on our recording and saying we need to power through. You're not off the hook though, Nick. I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell that story eventually. Oh no, yeah, I've I've gotten a lot better over the years. Let's just say that. Cool. So, tell us about Jody's seduction. Anyway, sort of uh, bringing us back on topic. Mm-hmm. In another slightly more recent flashback. Okay. And uh, Vincent's born, and for a while everything's really good. And she thinks, keep doing what you're doing, and you'll never, you'll never feel the woods ever again. It's years of this contentedness; it makes her complacent. But then, of course, Clara gets breast cancer, and Caroline starts to cheat on Pierre with the wizard. 
And um, it's just such a heavy story. And just something. There's a wizard. Yeah, I know. Right, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jodie watches her friends crumble and wonder if the woods are coming back. So she decides to confront it. So, oh. yeah, she uh, she goes back, but she can't bring herself to actually go into the woods. And, of course, when she gets back and uh, Kent's been taken prisoner of war. Fuck. Shit. Finds out from a letter. Marnie's got the letter for her, hands of the letter, and there's no news of when he will return. So the war is still going on in Stardew in the time the game is set. Yeah, we can assume so. Okay. It's the uh, the Ferngill Republic where you live are at war with the Jotaro Empire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a little bit bizarre that sort of like shift of, t- of tone. And like on the one hand, you're living this idyllic little life in Stardew Valley, and then on the other, you can assume in sort of a far off country there's a war raging. It's a little bit more like real life in that in that sort of mm-hmm. way. Hmm. Uh, okay, so it cuts to the present day, and finally Jodie decides to confront her fear of the woods. But she's not going to do it alone. Uh-huh. You know, they're standing uh, at the the log that sealed off the secret forest with the, uh, with the farmer. And, um, yeah, they decide to cut the log down, and they go in. They're walking around the secret woods, and it's, it's a little bit different. The air isn't as heavy or thick. The grass looks a little bit greener. Uh, she sees all the stuff that she played with as a kid. I'm sorry, the axe gleaming purple with iridium. Fuck yes, sake. an iridium axe. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. The iridium, yeah. That makes this so much worse. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think we should stick to Happy Fix in future, not Eldritch Horror Fix, to be honest. <laughs> I promise nothing. I quite like mine. Yeah, I quite like yours, but anyway... Um, they each sort of walk around the woods together. They see the shrine to Old Master Cannoli. They see the pond uh, that uh, Clara used to swim in, being the, the sort of mermaid thing that she was. And um, they sit down and have a picnic to start with. Uh-huh. They sit down for the picnic. Jodie's distracted by sort of splotches of purple colour around the shrine. And uh, she realises that uh, star drops are growing. And uh, when you eat them, you're reminded of your favourite thing. Uh-huh. So yours would be milfs. Fish himbos. Yeah, fish himbos for Grace. Yours would be milfs, Jim. Mm-hmm. Mine would probably be, I don't know, the taste of engine oil or something like that. <laughs> I wonder how many people pick milfs. It seems like the author has gone that way as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, sort of, uh, especially the Stardew milfs, which of course are not romanceable, sadly. Okay, so uh, there's a, a lovely little passage here which uh, sort of ties it all together. It's, it's a, another flashback. Uh, to when they were playing as kids. And I dubbed the Knight of the Stardrop Fortress. The girls giggle as Jodie knights each of them, protectors of the land and the mysterious Stardrop fruit from the legends that Jodie made up. Uh, what do you think of when you eat a Stardrop? Clara asks Caroline. Adventures and spangles and magic and candles. How about you, Clara? Sunshine and wind and the ice cream perfectly melted on my tongue. And the girls look at Jodie, impish- impishly grinning. What about you, Jodie? What do you think of when you eat a Stardrop? And it cuts to the present, Yuri. and um, Jody and the female farmer are having their fling in the Cindersap forest. So, yeah. Please don't say minge. No, they're, they're banging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, that of... was incredibly tasteless of me. I'm like telling everyone else, I'm like, all right, you've got to be respectful of this. And I'm just like, Please yeah, don't I said, say I said Yuri is what she was thinking about, which is much more wholesome than just minge. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it's, it, uh, 
Of course. Cut um, me out. I'm lowering. I don't think I will. That was quite funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course, uh, Jody has uh, a thing for um, <laughs> following the progress that the Russians made into space in the 60s. Yeah. So, She's a um, big fan of Yuri on ice as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it cuts to the present and they're banging in the forest. It's quite well written. Uh, yeah, I won't spoil it because it was kind of a lovely end to, at times, what was quite a, a trying story. Oh, that's nice. Well, I'm glad it had a happier ending. That's it, exactly. Uh, and in the notes, it says um, it was inspired by the show Yellow Jackets and the movie Spencer and any piece of content about a middle-aged woman who is still dealing with the trauma of her past in a sexy and glamorous way. And that kind of sums up this fake pretty well. It's quite a, sh- a tonal shift as well. The milfs of Stardew Valley are all I can think about. Yeah, absolutely. That was the first mm. thing. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I don't blame you. Some lovely milfs in this film, in this game. But... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I went looking for... such a serious for, fic. Yeah, I went looking for a, a basic fix-it fic, which gives which gives Jodie her childhood back, effectively. The little bit of drive, the little spark, the little bit of whimsy that sometimes you uh, you end up losing for a while. And I all think we could, uh, we could maybe do to uh, at least sort of try and get back a little bit of that. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Instead, what I found, rather than a basic fix-it fic, is something which was entirely more, really. It's beautifully so, written. Uh, it's quite touching in places. It deals with a lot of uh, adult themes, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Stardew Valley, really. But, of course, again, like Stardew Valley, it all works out in the end. Oh, good. So is the moral to find yourself a hunky farmer that brings you fish? Why <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be? <laughs> Exactly. This is the takeaway that we can uh, that we can have from this. If you are uh, a forty-something-year-old uh, milf who lives in Stardew Valley, then you would right do a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> right in. I'm growing raspberries in my back garden. I'm kind of a farmer. I can bring fish. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, there you go then. We'll figure something out. I'll start a pond. This is where Jim quits his job and spends all day fishing in the river Cam. Yeah. <laughs> to find uh, to bring the milfs to me to bring the, the that's apparently how this works yeah absolutely perfect just make sure that when you give anybody gifts you uh, you hold it above your head first as you run through the town mm. yeah, and smash it on the top oh of i usually do that's pretty standard for me yeah yeah that's it especially if it's a bottle of wine <laughs> If you ever go to Glasgow, that's where Jim goes for a pint and a fight. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best place for them. I've never been to Glasgow. Apologies, Glasgow. Uh, I'm sure you'd murder me, though. What did you guys think? I thought it was very sweet. I think it had lots of sad bits in it, which just sort of made all the good bits better. Um, Mm. I don't know. I think it's something that makes you more contemplative than anything. Yeah, I get that. So a lot loss of innocence, childhood's end. But yeah, that's it. It's not all bad, and things do get better. That's it. If you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> I think this was too heavy for me, but I respect that it is well written, and this is not necessarily to my tastes. Doesn't make it any worse. So, yeah, I'm happy enough. to respect people who enjoy fix like this. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you, the Fox Woman. That was something which I never expected to find, but which I enjoyed nonetheless. Yeah. So, Grace, uh, I hope you've read something. How do I phrase this? 
<laughs> I hope you've read something as opposed to not reading anything and saying My no. James, God, Grace, I, I hope you read something. <laughs> Maybe something that isn't quite as horror as what me and Nick brought, so that we can round today out with a happier ending. Actually, I know we thought the. I'm going to completely ruin the tone with some snuffix that I thoroughly enjoyed reading. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so with my favourite co-host with me, I Oi. would like to shut up. Fine. <laughs> Pepper's a lot fluffier. That's it. That's debatable. And she's cuter, and she's purring right now, which is lovely. Fine. <laughs> Nick, am I your favourite co-host? Um. Wow, the silence says. <laughs> okay, Grace, what oh. have you been reading? <laughs> you are both my favourite co-host. Oh, I have been. But if reading... you had to choose, oh my lord! <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> All right, no, 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 come on, let's get James's uh, ego fed, and then we'll <laughs> then we'll move on. Let's, let's comfort James, and then we can get on with the thing. <laughs> Good, because I'm a little bit upset now. Oh. I think you're the hardest working co-host. Yes. Yeah, that's a given. And the most diligent co-host. Yes. Oh. Thank you very so, much. And we appreciate you for that. We do Good. we do appreciate you, even though we don't show it sometimes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right, um, I'm accepting bribes for whoever my favourite co-host will be. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Well you've got all the Easter eggs, so I'm not gonna So um I'm not gonna bother bribing you. I'm going to argue that I've already bribed you enough by muting the microphone every time I needed to cough up a lung. Okay, doing your basic job is not... <laughs> that doesn't count as bribery. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll think of something. Okay, cool. Grace, what have you been reading? I have been reading Blackberry Wine and uh, other works in this series by Ketokoshka. And Ooh. the summary is Harvey has a secret admirer. He loves all the gifts and notes they leave behind. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Okay. So, for any listeners who've not, sorry, played Stardew Valley, remind me who Harvey is. Harvey is the doctor in the local oh, town. Oh, yes. And the one we roasted. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the one I said that made me think of the paedophile from The Lovely Bones. Yeah, we were very harsh to Harvey. <laughs> yeah, Apologies, we were. Apologies, Harvey stands. Bless Harvey, he's not a bad person. He he's just reminds me of that trope too much. <laughs> yeah, it's between him and Crobus, the little shadow monster who lives hey. in the sewer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's both smutty and wholesome are the, the works in this. So Also, I thought I was only reading the first one and then I then James said, oh, no, you should read the rest. So I was like, oh, all right. So I've prepared for the first one, and I've had to summarise it down and try to uh, do the rest as well. So I may oh, get cool. a little bit scatterbrained between what which one I'm on, because I am a very flawed human being who is I'm deeply sure unorganised. <laughs> Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Tags include for this one, drinking and masturbation. Right. <laughs> Okay. So it... just, just another Saturday night. <laughs> because you haven't hit rock bottom if you haven't had a cry wank with a beer in the other hand. Exactly. The, at least put the beer down. 
I like how it starts. It starts with the abandoned wine glass looked almost pitiful on the kitchen counter, forsaken for the much simpler method of drinking straight from the bottle. And yeah, same mate, same. There are days like yeah. that where it's just more practical and it saves on the extra washing up where you just chuck it from <laughs> the fucking bottle. And you can and the best thing about it is that you can like pay attention to yourself as you do it and you can be dramatic like you're like you're in a film, so you just sat there in your own like melancholy, just drinking from the bottle like that. Oh, um, one of those yeah. nights. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, anybody who hasn't done that is lying. <laughs> or you're not yeah. dramatic enough to be my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so the author then. Uh, explains that so Harvey's been sort of sitting at home alone, there's not a lot going on in his life, apart from the fact he's got a secret admirer leaving him little gifts, which on one hand is quite sweet, on the other hand is a little bit creepy. However, I think yeah. Harvey is a little bit flattered and he, he, he likes, they're left with little handwritten notes which he thinks are quite sweet. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, apparently the gifts have been going on for weeks, always turning up in the most ridiculous places, regardless of how tightly he kept his apartment locked down. Nothing too drastic or strange has ever been left behind. Jars, pickles, bags of expensive coffee beans, little glittering stones, and many, many bottles of blackberry wine. The only saving grace is that the gift giver never stayed to watch him find them, always leaving little notes. Oh, that, that'd be quite nice. I wouldn't mind like... Uh... It's a little bit sinister, to be honest. I, I don't know. You sort of um, never look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, you're getting free wine, for fuck's sake. Yeah, usually, if someone gives in? you wine, it's just kind of like, what's in it? <laughs> 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 okay, maybe, maybe I'm a bit of an outlier and a bit of a killjoy. I don't think I'd drink mystery wine that was left to me by a ghost <laughs> no. or whatever is out there. That's, that's it, isn't it? You, if you contact the police as to why there's random bits being left in your house and how they're getting in. You check your attic in case someone is living in there and you check the walls of your house with a stethoscope if there's someone breathing between them. But Well, that's what I'd do. But, I mean, <laughs> there is no police force in Stardew Valley, is there? So, yeah, I once drank wine which I found in the back of a garage which had been there for 20 years, so... Oh, God. Nick! Yeah. It's Nick, red wine. How are it's you fine. alive? <laughs> It's red wine. That's it gets better it with age. It is. No. <laughs> As a brewer, I can tell you it's not. It's, there's it's some fun. wine that's made to be drank and there's some that can be aged. But don't just drink store-bought wine that's been left for 20 years. Well, I did, and I'm and still you're here. still here. All right. All right. So, yeah, I probably would drink mystery wine. Oh, yeah, you also drank Blue Fanta, which turned out to be something else, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> So, let this be a lesson to your listeners. Don't drink random bottles of stuff that you find in the garage. Mm-hmm. Harvey, on the ha- other hand, disagrees, and he drinks <laughs> the whole bottle. <laughs> Good on him. So, yeah, he's just getting smashed at home on his lonesome. I feel a bit sorry for him, bless him. He's just sort of by himself. It's like, oh, it's been a long time. So he whips his dick out as a wank, hoping his secret admirer will suddenly pop out of nowhere. Unfortunately for Harvey, this doesn't happen, and he finishes drifts off. However, the next morning, he's probably got a stonking hangover. He wakes up to the smell of coffee, and he finds a little note, and it says, 
Harvey, <laughs> I see you like the wine. <laughs> you shouldn't drink an entire bottle in one night. It, you could make yourself sick. Oh. Anyways, I thought you could use some coffee. Have a good day, Krobus. So Krobus was watching him. <laughs> I assume Sounds so. Up. Or he came back the next day to find an empty bottle, but probably did watch, yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. So Krobus isn't polite enough to stop watching Harvey, but he's polite enough to not mention the masturbation. It doesn't say <laughs> whether he was there or not. He just knows the bottle of wine got finished that night. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going for in, in my head, because that seems like a very Krobus thing to do. <laughs> also, I've got to say, Krobus, very polite. But a yeah. bottle is nothing, you ghostly little lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't. Maybe Harvey doesn't drink that often. He, <laughs> yeah, he, oh, he right. doesn't seem like the kind of person who would drink that often. No, he is a doctor. He probably knows the risks. But then again, he's he keeps being left wine, loads of wine. So maybe he's starting to think, "Oh, fuck it, I'll get through it." And apparently, it tastes very nice. So Black it's a shame wine, we're not eh? a visual show because I'd love to flash up. Please drink responsibly. Under us talking, <laughs> yeah. Just as a reminder that nothing uh. we say is a good endorsement of anything. <laughs> Drink responsibly, everyone. Yeah. The next one is called cherry wine, and I have had cherry wine, and it's fucking disgusting. Oh, I like cherry. What cherry wine have you had? Did you have Kirsch? No, my mum used to buy the Morrison's own brand cherry wine, and it was very nice. Oh, okay. It's the first drink that got me uh, hangover drunk. <laughs> Wine oh, does wow. that. <laughs> yeah, I had the whole that, bottle yeah. in half an hour and didn't eat that night. The darker the alcohol is, the worse the hangover is. Yeah. And there's a there's an actual reason for this. I'm not bullshitting, but there's something in it. I think it begins with M, and that generally tends to dehydrate the fuck out of you. Oh. So well, yeah. I had a bad but, time. And why I should drink vodka, kids? <laughs> <laughs> you got school tomorrow? Just <laughs> yeah, no, I had no, to no, take no. the day off school. So if you'd have drank pure if, if you'd have drank pure grain alcohol, you would have been fine. Not necessarily. Guys, <laughs> don't make me tap the drink responsibly sign again. <laughs> don't drink grain alcohol, kids. Drink twenty year old garage wine instead. No. Oh my god. <laughs> so Grace, what happens in cherry wine? Okay. <laughs> so cherry wine, the tags for this one, medical kink. Object insertion, prostate massage, and xenophilia. Ah. You know, xenophilia being the love of monsters, to put it very I think blindly. it's love of aliens or unknown. It's, it's anything different from you. Xeno just means different, yeah. I think. An attraction to foreign peoples, cultures, or customs. I have Googled this. Yeah, because we found out the monster fucking Latin term the other day. Do you want to know what images are associated with xenophilia? Sure, let's find this out. Well, put it this way. On Google Image Search, there looks like an Indian god, a fractal pattern in green, uh, a picture with some text on it, and um, a drawing of Rainbow Dash. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Drawn <Wow>. suggestively. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that. That's going on our Tumblr. Hang on. I'm not clicking on that. You can if you want to, but... That's, that's I'm screenshotting not, yeah. this and putting it on our Tumblr. So what was the one for monsters then? Because I thought Xeno was monsters, but there's a specific one for monsters. Terratra? We looked it up last episode. Yeah. Let me find oh, it. Oh, God. Never mind. Never mind. I got it wrong. 
Oh, I found it. It was Teratophilia is monsters. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, summary for this one is Krogos knows Harvey has fantasies and wants to bring one to life. And this one starts it's a bit bit kinkier than the last one. The two have been introduced to each other about two months after the Blackberry Wine incident. Talk to Harvey in person. And the Shadow Monster was a bit worried that <laughs> Corvus Blessing was a bit worried that he that Harvey didn't mind having a secret admirer leaving him random gifts. He was like, that's a bit worrying. I mean, yeah, I get I was I guess I was sort of stalking you, but you shouldn't have liked that. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> so it actually was a bit awkward for a little bit, but <laughs> they got over that. <laughs> So, as much as he enjoys having Mara around, for once he just wants everyone out of the clinic. Except, everyone except the shadow watching from the stairway to his apartment. Of course. Of course. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Harvey Harvey crawls up onto the examination tables and puts his legs through some stirrups. Uh, which apparently bites against his socked feet because he's taken his trousers off and he's left his tie and shirt open. <laughs> <laughs> but he's left his socks on. And, you know, looking at Harvey, oh, yeah, he looks mistake. like the kind of person whose socks stay on during yep. sex. <laughs> no offence to him. Of course the socks stay on. The socks stay on. <laughs> oh, dear. God. So uh, the local town doctor has a medical kink. Yeah, I mean yep. originally he wanted to be a pilot in game. Oh, but he had an eye problem, so he thought, oh, "I'll I'll help mm. people and become a, a GP." I will act on the impulses of my kink and surround myself with it yeah. eight hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> That's, I mean, that probably happens. I can believe that. Yeah, fair enough. A lot of librarians right. out there. It said he always wanted to do this in in the examination room, and he's always wanted to be strung out on his examination table. <laughs> he's got like the the lamp turned on above him, like when you're lying back in the dental surgery. It's just like, what got that going on? <laughs> and he just meets a shadow man, and he's like, "Hey, shadow man, here's here's what you need to do. Trust me, I'm a doctor." Let's commit gross misconduct, but it's okay because I own the clinic. <laughs> I'm sure he knows how to sterilise that bench quite thoroughly and he's going to do it again <laughs> afterwards. Wait, who, so who is B? Where have you seen that? Oh, right B at the end of the film. the farmer. Oh, I see. Okay. Cool. <sighs> You've read ahead, haven't you? I'm sorry, yeah. Alright. For God's sake, she's hidden behind my bed. Okay, never mind. At least she's not <laughs> eating things. Oh, <sighs> okay. But if you hear like some old woman saying hello, it's Pepper doing her best old lady impression. And it's I quite know haunting. your cat could speak. She just, you know, like cats, like do like a a weird meow sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's what she does, but it sounds like an old lady trapped in an elevator, and it's just really, <laughs> okay. it's just really awkward. We'll it's wait like, for that. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> we will wait for that. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not actually your mum like so trapped downstairs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so mum's stuck halfway up the stairlift on her. So, oh, you want to go out now, do you? Go on. <laughs> go. 
This is comedy fucking gold, this is. Yeah. <laughs> I needed this after your fic. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> God damn it, Pepper. I just want to read some ghost porn. I don't need this. <laughs> it's another strong title contender. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. Right, okay, okay. Where was I? Examination table, socks on during sex. Okay, off mm-hmm. we go. Right. <laughs> so, he whips his dick out again. He's jerking himself off. Crovus is like, ah, today's the day, clearly. And sort of like slithers in. And uh, decides to suck him off. And is described as feeling inconsequential, yet solid, almost slimy and lukewarm. Ooh. Okay. So that's, that's the description we've got of Crovus's texture as a as a spirity monster a thing. A lukewarm blowjob. Uh, a slimy but I don't understand what inconsequential yet solid means. Maybe I'm not very good at literacy. As in sort of not physical? Oh. I think inconsequential as in almost like ethereal probably yeah. a term. But an ethereal blowjob sounds a bit more not this. Like maybe um sort of maybe halfway between a mist and a hard rain, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, Forgive me for getting okay. all grammar here. Intangible would probably be a better word. Yeah. I don't know what that word means either, so alright. Uh tangible means the ability to touch it. Okay. I'm getting literacy lessons today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apolog- I'll put the tweed away. The more you know. <laughs> the more I know. It helps me understand this fic in greater depths. <laughs> now you too understand what a ghostly blowjob feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a blowjob from like a shadow demon. Mm-hmm. That's it. Can't say we don't deliver on this show. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, think. Okay, let's try something else. So Crovus. Goes and jams the thermometer off Charvy's ass. <laughs> and okay. uh, it's not very big, and he's like, "Oh, maybe I'll change the angle," and starts jamming his prostate with it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's great, Crovis. You're doing really well. <laughs> Fantastic." That's got to be awkward. Like if a doctor ever accidentally jabs your prostate during something like this, which I'm sure has happened to someone at least once. Yeah. Surely that's an, uh, an actual prostate exam. Oh no, you're, you mean with a rectal thermometer? Yeah, when they're accidentally checking your temperature and then, ooh. And then all of a sudden you push the button which makes angels sing. Yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're nutting all over the table. <laughs> and apologising profusely to your doctor. I'm, I'm very I'm sorry. Sure, I'm sure they don't care at this point in their career. I'm very sorry, Doc. Can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Doctor, I didn't. Daddy, I mean doctor, I mean daddy, I didn't mean. To... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Talking of doctors, uh, what does Harvey do next? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he very much enjoys his uh, his his time with Crowus and sucking the seed from the source right at the end. <laughs> it sounds uh, like it. Uh, and then he, you know, they all finish up and they clean down, and he finds a letter from Farmer in the post the next day, and Harvey's <laughs> face burns oh, bright no. as a oh, dying no. star. <laughs> Harvey, I'm glad you and Crovus are together. 
But I thought I should remind you, I have keys to the clinic. <laughs> I didn't see anything, but I definitely heard you two. Take care of that, Shadow. He's been smitten with you for a long time. P.S. I stashed some cherry wine in your apartment fridge. <laughs> Classic. Oh, Harvey. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Mortifying. <laughs> so I'm aware there's two parts, four parts of this. I don't want to read ahead. I like to think he's interrupted or spied on every single time he has sex by a different person each by, time. Until eventually everybody knows and there's no point. Everyone has a Harvey story now. Yeah, and there's no point in keeping it a secret because everybody knows that him and Krobus are banging. Yeah. Uh, I think like Krobus has to keep it a secret because I did some further research into you being a housemate of Krobus. Mm-hmm. And... He has dialogue like, oh, you know, if anyone... Don't tell people where I am because they'll send a, a dwarf to assassinate me. And, uh, what? You, know, our, you know, humans and monsters shouldn't really live together. Or, uh, all my friends would abandon me and all that shit. And it also says, like, oh, yeah, loads of my uh, friends live in the mines. And, you know, I hope you haven't been going down there killing any of them. Have you? Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit awkward, really, because you are down the mines and literally killing all his friends. So yeah. A bit... <laughs> uh, but I'm sure Harvey hasn't been doing that because he doesn't really go down the mines. So it's... <laughs> Less awkward. I will just um, make an observation. Uh, I skipped ahead to um, the next chapter, and Harvey's doing the um, Oh, dear, I'm stuck somewhere. Yeah, Step yeah, it starts, <laughs> that's it. Banana wine starts with there's something to be said about the simplicity of a good old porn scenario. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what we have. <laughs> <sighs> what are you doing, Step Krobus? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he does it on purpose. He does. Well, well. <sighs> Sort of. Okay. So Krobus had informed him that the left wall in his apartment was set about three feet further in than it needed to be. He cut a, a hole in the wall, and in the space created he saw a box, and it was far too curious to wait and ask for his more flexible, shadowy companion to squeeze in and get it. Oh, Harvey doesn't watch enough horror movies. No, he mm-hmm. doesn't, but he's banging a horror movie, so it doesn't That's fucking it. matter. He's too brave now. <laughs> I know, but like, if you find a box in your walls, you leave it the fuck alone. Oh, yeah. Nick, do you know about the lead coffin under Notre yeah. Dame that they're going to break okay. into because they can't scan to see what's in it because it's made of lead? So, at the time of recording, this happened yesterday. Okay. Under Notre Dame Cathedral, they found a lead coffin. A lead-lined and... coffin? Yeah. No, it's completely lead. Yeah. A coffin made of... Oh. A coffin entirely made of lead, buried under a cathedral. And you know what the French said? Let's have a look. <laughs> Let's open this up in the middle of the 2020s and see uh, what happens. So, if you're listening to this uh, two weeks after we record this, because that's usually our editing schedule... You're probably here listening, just reminding you of better days. Yeah, blame the French for the eldritch horrors that have been unleashed upon our realm. <laughs> so, um, join us next week on the shipping forecast when all we're going to do is hold a microphone out the window and record the screams of the damned. Yeah. <laughs> the Notre Dame. The Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs>
So, banana wine. Hold okay. in the wall. Okay, he's stuck in there waiting for Krobos to come back. So he tries to sort of like pull himself out. The drywall sort of cutting into his clothes. And he's like, oh no, my dick's liking this. Oh no. <laughs> this is awakening something in me. Oh there. no. And then he hears like the pitter patter of small ghostly feet. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, oh dear, I'll get you out right away. And uh, Harvey's just like, yeah, I know this. I probably should. And then he's just like, no, wait, wait. <laughs> I'll like, never get another chance. <laughs> that's it. That's it. He's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, <laughs> you remember like the other day we had like some blackberry wine. And I was telling you all my fucking fantasies and shit. And he's like, is being stuck in a wall one of yours? Krobos asks with a rather deadpan tone. Krobos <laughs> <laughs> is kind. Of, he sounds almost sick of this shit. To be honest, you got some. It, Got some weird ideas, Doc. It's a good thing you're prissy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Krobus has gone from being this like little shade which runs from sunlight to being like even your doctor calls me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> even your doctor calls me. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck's sake. Either way, he's like I don't understand, but you know I'll do anything to make you feel good, Doctor. Krobus eats his ass by the looks of things. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Nick. <laughs> That's the thick. <laughs> uh, not just this that. Is... No, no, no. Hold sorry, on. sorry. Hold I on. I digress. We're reading a Chuck Tingle novel. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Ghostly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pounded in the butt by. No, oh, what are they called? The cryptid. Fucking cryptid eats my ass. This is a Chuck Tingle <laughs> Stop. novel. Stop. <laughs> Nice try, Ketrakoshka. I'm on to you. You're Chuck Tingle. And I mean Uh, that as a compliment. He's a hero of mine. Don't listen to him. Your your fic has merits of its own away from him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Either way, Crowboy pulls his tongue back out and goes, hang on, give me a minute. I need to grab something. So he just leaves him in the wall for a bit and he's like (laughs) scrounging around looking for something. And then like suddenly feels Harvey suddenly feels like a blunt pressure against his bum. And he's a bit confused. He's like, what the fuck's that? Where did and he's like, Oh, the farmer brought us toys so I can take care of you and he's he can't believe what the fuck is going on. He's like, Hang on, hang on, that random farmer is just buying sex toys for the little ghost on the sly <laughs> so he can use it on the GP. <laughs> so pro tip for Krobus. If it's a blunt toy, put some lube on that first. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. it does say there's like a, a, a sort of slapping, slurpy noise. Oh, right. And then yes. so, I see so that he's now. he's kind enough not to go in dry. <laughs> That's a relief. Oh fuck's sake. Oh no, he asked he asked the farmer to buy some. Oh, Krobus uh, did. Yeah, so they must be friends or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were just chatting in the sewer, just sold them some just started talking about uh, massive schlongs <laughs> as you do I think this is the last one and it's called hot pepper wine oh yep additional tags oh jesus rape rooming stomach distension creature inside empreg sex pollen harvey being a dumbass mm. I'm not. I'm not intending to read this simply because of the rape tags. is kind of uncomfortable. Yes, that is yeah, against enough. our show's policies. But I will sum up what happens in this. Harvey goes down the mine because he wants to get something nice for Krobus, and he goes with the farmer. 
I think he does anyway. He goes down and he starts to get a little bit out of his depth because he's not really much of a miner or a fighter. It's um, definitely a lover, not a fighter, from what we've read. It, yeah, definitely. A lot of the monsters down there are like, oh, he's a pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Notices that Krobos has left a bite mark on him and is like, okay, we won't kill this one. We're just going to pump gelatin into him because we're slimes. Oh. <laughs> and he, he likes it, it turns out. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh, so, it's not, so it's not the worst. Either way, he's sort it's of It's acidic secretions out. burn a hole through his underwear. Yes, there are slimes in this that can sort of melt away your clothes and stuff. Ah. I think he wakes up at the wizard's place and, you know, that the Krobos is back with him again and he sort of explains that, you know, I didn't have that bite mark on you, you'd be dead because I thought you were just a human, but you're a marked human because you're my human and all that stuff like that. And he goes, oh, okay, all right, cool. You know, I don't know how to tell you this. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you're, you're pregnant, the farmer interjects. <laughs> oh, because oh. oh, all good things. Oh, all good fix ending Mpreg, my friends. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The Mpreg is all encompassing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it is the signature of, a, of the creme de la creme. And uh, with twins as well. It's like, oh, pregnant. Uh, how? Oh, you went into the mines alone. And you met one of the people that was wearing a mask, didn't you? And he goes, uh, that was a shaman. They are magic users of our people. They, in the past, would kidnap dwarves, humans, and have them host our young. If I hadn't bitten you, they probably wouldn't have given you back. Do you want to keep them? And he goes, will it hurt me? No, but it'll be difficult. But they won't hurt you. And he goes, yeah, I want them. I want to keep them. Oh, so Harvey wants Krobus' demon babies. That's it. He's keeping the demon babies. (laughs) Farmers, you know, being the random third wheel, as, as they always are. They're just like, oh, uh, cool. I have some hot pepper wine to bottle. And he goes, oh my god, what the fuck? Hot pepper wine. Hot pepper wine. Can you make hot wine pepper from peppers? Wine. Yeah, I mean, all the wines got weirder and weirder as they went along, didn't they? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the sex. Yeah. Much like the sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimately, very good. <laughs> you can indeed make pepper wine. You can make make wine out of anything, can't you, really? You can make wine or juice, I think. It's just Tabasco sauce, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that more of a smoothie? (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh my god, is lasagna a cake? (laughs) Lasagna is actually a savoury cake. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Cakes are lasagna. Oh. Oh. I I think Ketakoshka did a, a fantastic job of yeah. giving the lonely Harvey a loving partner out of Krovus, the, the little demon. If yeah. anyone deserves love, it is Harvey and Krovus. So I'm glad to see that happen at the same time. It is. They're, they're both good guys. And mm-hmm. by the sounds of things, they deserve each other. I never thought I'd see a um, <laughs> stuck fic. <laughs> Someone stuck yeah. in a wall. <laughs> going, oh, what are you doing, step bro? Because <laughs> I find... I've always found that trope hilarious. Yeah, um, it is quite funny. Yeah. Stuck in a Wall doesn't have many um, many fix on that tag. Do we think that it needs more? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think 
Pornhub and stuff like that did all the fix for it, but in video form. <laughs> they did. Yeah. yeah. And usually it's stuck in a table, stuck in the washing machine, stuck in a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I do find it interesting that the whole step bro, stepsis thing hasn't carried over to AO3, but is very popular in the porn industry. Yeah, I've I, I don't never think got it, but AO3 needs the has the same limitations as the porn industry does. That is true. Yeah, yeah. there's certainly more tentacles. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is certainly that. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. Both, both smutty and wholesome for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do feel bad for Harvey having everyone walk in on him. I do kind of wish that trend had kept going, to be honest. Yeah, it would have been quite funny until eventually everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they're just like, why the fuck are you even keeping it secret anymore? <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Katoshka. Ket- yeah, Ket- Ketakoshka? Yeah. I'm, I'm so bad so. at words. Maybe I host the wrong show. <laughs> um, join us next week for the no-syllable forecast. <laughs> oh, Oh, please, no. <laughs> we do uh, but yeah, what have we learned it. today about Stardew Valley? We should wrap up properly. Yeah. We learned that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Most yeah. certainly. I have so much whip. This is this episode has had the most whiplash out of any yeah. we've recorded. It has. Definitely. God damn. I thought I was bringing a curveball, bringing Eldritch Horror, but everything has been a curveball today. Yeah, it has. It absolutely has. We've had... Uh, horror, we've had uh, love, we've had graphic sex. <laughs> and the fix are even better. Yep, we've had human drama, repressed trauma, PTSD. Getting Milfs. stuck in a wall. Redemption, getting stuck in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's everything which makes the human condition what it is. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mpreg is crucial to the human condition. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Yeah, this um this afternoon's been a roller coaster. And I hope, our listeners, that you've been enjoying this roller coaster as well. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, uh you can support it on our Patreon or through our Kofi, Kofi, by um commissioning us to read you a podfic. James, sit near your microphone, for God's sake. I can't. Oh, hear I'm you. sorry. Uh I'll get closer now. Sorry, Grace, did you want more ASMR? No, just do <laughs> It's time. If you enjoyed the show, come listen to us on our Patreon, where we do a bonus show, where we This screen shit. is protecting you for my hands. If we get enough donations, oh we will God. do an ASMR Hang on, let me do proper episode. ASMR. I'll take the piece off. Fucking children. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. How's that, Grace? <laughs> I'm going to headbutt you the next time I see you. You'll have forgotten why. <laughs> You'll just have a bleeding nose. Join us next week. I'll put the thing back on. Hang on. <laughs> Join us oh. next week. Uh, we'll be um, doing a different topic. I think we've got a fairly good idea of what that topic's going to be. Uh because, well, it's fucking everywhere. Yep. We're coming for you, pirates. Yeah, yeah, Oh, not yeah. the Bangtan boys. We're oh, not we're, com- not we're not ready for We're not ready for the Bangtan boys. <laughs>
<laughs> we're absolutely not ready for the that's, that's last level shit that is Nick yeah, yeah I think so when, when we've talked about everything else there is to talk about so we will cover the Bangtan boys once one of us knows something about K-pop yes yes and one of you is going to have to volunteer to listen to all of the Bangtan Boys back catalogue, watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff, so you know what the fans are talking I, about. I don't think that would be enough somehow. There's just so much of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, this is a hell of a tangent for the ending, so we'll call it there. Um, see you next time. We'll talk about pirates. Absolutely. Enjoy. Aye, aye. Bye. Aye, aye, Captain. See you next week. In two weeks. Forgot we're bi-weekly. Ha, 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 ha.